Well, welcome back to another episode of Backlash Podcast. Before I get into who I am and who my co-hosts are, we just want to thank everybody for taking the time out of their day to listen to our podcast. I think this is episode 34, and I think Brad, Carrie, and I are all amazed that people are still listening. So we just want to thank everybody for for the support of the podcast over the last 34 episodes. We um, we had a, we had a dream when we started this thing to try to educate some anglers, help them catch more muskies, and I like to think that we're accomplishing that. But we're, you know, it's a work in progress, and this is essentially your podcast. So if you do have questions, or not necessarily questions, if you have some guests that you want us to get on, you want some topics you want us to talk about, we're always looking for suggestions on your podcast. You can email us, backlashpodcast at gmail.com. So getting back into our regular introduction, I'm Jeff. I'm the owner of Team Rhino Outdoors. We're a retailer in the musky world that sells a bunch of custom baits, and we sell a bunch of stock colors also. So if you're looking for a black and orange bulldog, you get we got that. If you want a custom-colored cowgirl, we have that. We have a bunch of crazy colors in all sorts of manufacturers. So check us out at TeamRhinoOutdoors.com. And Brad and Carrie Hoppy are the co-hosts again this evening. Carrie decided to she's really into podcasting, and she's loving this again, that she's back in the saddle. So she's back on tonight. You can find more about their company at muskymayhemtackle.com. Brad, Kerry, why don't you talk a little bit about Musky Mayhem Tackle, and then we'll talk a little bit about Black Friday stuff, and then we can talk about what we got going on in the podcast tonight. Well, I'll, I'll just do this. I'll say um, we're the original big-bladed Flashaboo uh, inline spinner baits, and um, you know we're proud to, to manufacture them. And I'm going to hand it over to Carrie, and she's going to talk a little bit about the Black Friday event. So the sale is going to start right now, and it'll run through Cyber Monday. On our website, we are doing 20% off. You need to just use the the code at checkout. It is BF2019, and that'll get your, your 20% off. We have... The ability to build all of your custom colors on there. So you can just go on, select your custom colors in cowgirls, juniors, baby girls, double, just about everything. I think the only thing you can't build custom on the site is a, is a rabbit squirrel right now. And then we have a bunch of new clothing that came in. We'll have, we have some net patches that'll, that'll be there and all kinds of cool stuff. Probably some more stuff too that I'd, I'm not even aware of as this is being recorded. So one of the other things that uh, Carrie's been working on here, you know, we're a week out. We're recording this a week earlier than uh, what it's going to come out. But, you know, a neat thing that she's kind of been trying to put together and I, everything's getting kind of hurried and mumbo jumbled together, just, you know, having only seven days left. But she's been talking to a ton of different guides that work on our pro staff, great guys that represent our company really well. And what she's doing is, is she's kind of putting a lake-specific or a region-specific bait packages together. Hopefully, that'll be on the Black Friday sale as well. That's the goal. Sounds like you guys got some work to do because the Black Friday sale sale starts right now. Yep. Well, if you want to head over to TeamRhinoOutdoors.com and you want to save some money on all of our custom stuff, everything is on sale except for gift cards. And you can enter the code TRO19, capital T, capital R, capital O, 19, at checkout. You can get 10% off everything. This is it. We offer it one time a year. I think, what is that, five days? 
six days, six days, I believe the sale runs for, we run through Wednesday through December 2nd, midnight, December 2nd on Monday, Cyber Monday. So if you're ever looking for whatever it is at a discount, this is, this is your chance. You want a Lakewood tackle box, a chaos tackle rod, as long as you live within the Midwest. We do have some shipping restrictions on rods because of the issues that they have. But everything else, custom-colored bulldogs, custom-colored medusas, double showgirls, suix, blah, 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 tons and tons of stuff. We have it all, and we have, I mean, for the majority of it, we have pretty good inventory right now. So if it's Wednesday morning at 7.30 and you're on the way to work, as soon as you get to the office, if you want the best selection, I would highly suggest going in and ordering everything that you want thousands of dollars worth of stuff once we sell it all out we're just that's it we're wrapping it up we're calling it a career we're closing tro down so why don't you guys sell us all out so we can be out of business and go fishing all the time and then we'll put wow, out podcast yeah. then we'll put out podcast daily <laughs> <laughs> uh you know there's gonna be somebody out there that heard that and didn't hear the rest <laughs> oh yeah that's right we're not going out of business because we will not sell all of our inventory i will guarantee it has never happened it will never get close but I've always threatened it. If we ever go to a, I've always said to the guys that help us at shows, if we ever go to a show and we're like one of those uh, basement bait builders, you know, and we sell out and we're just standing there around with our empty booth, just hanging out for the weekend. If that ever happens, that's it. We're done. I'm going to leave the racking right there and we're, we're walking out. That's a pretty cool idea. Yep. That would be fun, actually. It always seems like the Powerball, too, is really like the Powerball jackpots are always really high around Chicago because Steve, Kyle, and I, and anybody else that's helping us at the show, we always pool some money together and we buy a couple tickets. And if we ever win one of those jackpots, too, we're not even taking the baits off the shelf. We're just walking off the show. That's it. We're leaving the racking. We're just going to put a note on social media. We won the lottery. Go to the Muskie Show. Grab what you want. Racking included. See ya. <laughs> Oh, man, if it was that easy, huh? Fun to dream, though, right? You got to dream, no doubt about it. So let's talk a little bit about tonight's episode. So we're bringing back two guests that we've had on before. And we don't want people to get a little worried that we're going to some repeat guests. We just thought at this time of year, we're looking for some winter uh, real maintenance tips. And if you want to get your stuff serviced, you can talk to Keith Edberg with ESOX Real Repair. We're also going to talk to John Betty of Stealth Tackle. The one thing with John is we're going to bring him in quarterly, I think, next year. Brad and I, you and I kind of talked about this a little bit. We we aced Carrie out of the decision, so it's if it fails, it's all on us. But um, we're going to bring John in quarterly. We're going to kind of go like through the, the progression with him, and that way you can kind of talk about what leader is best for which baits, and we're not going to do an entire episode with him. We're just going to do like 15 minutes at a crack uh, three or four different times throughout the fishing season next season. So that way you can kind of, you know, match up because there's obviously certain leaders that work better with certain baits. And we're going to kind of go through some of those based off of what guys are typically using at that time of year. But for tonight, we're going to bring him in and we're just going to talk to a little bit about, you know, line and leader maintenance or whatever, going through things. We'll talk to John for a little bit and we'll talk to Keith for a little bit. And like I said, lots of new fresh guests coming up. We've been working hard to try to find a few different guys and so I just don't want anybody to think like we're into the repeats already after 34 episodes because that's clearly not the case. Brad and I can, we have a we have quite the lengthy list of people we can dig from, and uh, we're just working a few things out to get things set up with guys. I know guys are just finishing up the the season, so 
Some of the availability is a little tougher and some guys are out in the woods because they just got done fishing for six months and they're tired of that and they're tired of talking about it. But keep keep uh, checking back every Wednesday on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. And uh, make sure you tell your friends about how Backlash Podcast is the best fishing podcast you've ever heard. And even if it's not the best one you've ever heard, just tell them anyways. Yeah, the other thing is, is you know, if you if you do like it, send us a review. I mean, there's there's ways to do those reviews. It definitely keeps us kind of motivated and keep us going. The other thing is, is if you go to the Musky Mayhem Tackle website and you go to the Backlash podcast page, you can actually sign up, send your or uh, put your email address in, and sign up for uh, a mailing list. So. When we get enough names, we'll start putting out a, a newsletter here and there, too, which will keep you up to date on the Backlash podcast, Team Rhino Outdoors, and Musky Mayhem Tackle. You kind of touched base on it already, I guess, Jeff, but the next two guests will be new guests after this. I don't know. We've, we've got an exciting bunch of people coming on. So, you know, if there's somebody out there that you believe that we should talk to, we'd like to hear about it. And from there... I'd say let's uh, shift gears and get Keith on the phone. All right. All right, everybody. Here's our guest for tonight, Keith Edberg with ESOX Real Repair. We've had Keith on in the past, and we kind of just went over an overview of his company, what he does with reels. Tonight, our the sole purpose of bringing him on was m- mostly just to give him some, uh, give everybody an idea of what they can do for winter reel maintenance some tips because we're starting to head into the off season. I know Brad's pretty much done. I'm pretty much done. Keith is, I'm assuming, done. So the idea behind this podcast and this interview with Keith is to give everybody an idea of, like I said, moving forward as we go in the first little bit of winter here, what they want to do to try to tune up their reels or things they can do to make sure that when the season starts, they're ready to go. So Keith, thanks for coming on again tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. So, Keith, why don't you give us a little bit of rundown? I know we also talked about some, you can give us some examples of some reels that you had worked on recently, and then you can kind of talk about some common problems. We'll stray a little bit from the winter maintenance end of it. But going into the beginning or the end of the season here, I know we have some listeners in the south that are probably still out fishing. They're still giving it, you know, still going after it. What are some common things that you find or things that the the anglers should do to put them away for the year? Okay. Well, first of all, I just want to jump back to something you said previously. Uh, You are correct. I'm done. Even if the lakes I fish, uh, northern Minnesota, weren't frozen over, which they are, I'd be done, but for a good reason. I probably fold up as an avid muskie fisherman. It seems like everybody always uh, can't wait or talks about the best time of the year being fall fishing. And while I've done a little bit of that in the past, uh, I just, I can't wait to hop in a tree and, and bow hunt for whitetail. So that takes up quite a bit of my fall, uh, starting in about mid-October. Uh, and I never used to to really worry about hunting too much that early, but gosh, it seems lately, um, especially when you get a nice uh, cold front come through and, and the post frontal is, is uh, high pressure, clear skies, those deer really move, and it's a really a good opportunity to, to uh, have a, a chance at a, at a mature deer on their feet during daylight hours, and Brad can attest to that as well. But So I am done, but a lot of guys, surprisingly, uh, as you mentioned, 
from the south and southeast are sending me reels, and uh, a few of them are wanting them back as quick as they can get them because um, they're still fishing. And fortunately, they have uh, some backups because I, I've, I've told them they've got one or two or three maybe uh, that they really need back. I'll, I'll get right on them. But I'm uh, I'm hunting pretty hardcore right now. Every chance I get, taking some time off of work and and doing a fair bit of hunting, and and so I just don't have as much time. But I I kind of let them know that when they uh, search me out or or uh, uh, feel me out on on availability and when I can get them back, and I and I tell them that. Uh, and and the one thing I'll say is all these guys are very understanding and. It's worked out really well. So one of the things that really I, I would encourage folks to do, well, there's a few basics right off the bat. When you're done fishing for the year, and now you're going to put your reels away for months, let's say, and up here in the Northland, it's uh, it's several, several months, so it's, it's going to be a while. But one of the first things is uh, kind of an obvious one, but I surprisingly learn that a lot of folks don't do this, and that is back off your star dregs right away. Uh, back them off so it's actually loose. And what that does is, is it takes the uh, compression, the, the tension off of the spring washers that are underneath the star drag. Uh, not to confuse the spring washers with the drag washers that are in the stack on the, on the drive gear. Um, but you want to back off that tension so that those don't take a permanent set and have less tension which which keeps the, the the drag washers the tension that you want and stuff like that. So uh, first and obvious one is back off the start, and and then uh, another little one here that uh, I like to encourage guys to do early on over the course of the season, um, but especially seems like because of late fishing in the fall, a lot of guys are using gliders and jerk baits where you're you're retrieving that line unevenly and what happens is you you get an uneven buildup underneath the line and it's weird how that stuff takes a set and it gets all kind of wrinkled and stuff under there so the things i like to encourage folks to do is first of all if your line needs replacing uh, strip it off and put fresh on or wait and put it on later. But if, if it's good line yet, uh, fairly new, couple seasons, let's say, one of the easiest things to do is simply reverse that line on your spool. And so the underneath stuff that hasn't been casted at all, hasn't hardly seen water, is now on the, the front end. And, and the old line that's maybe a little frayed and, and worn and, and the color gone off of it, get that underneath so reverse the line or replace the line and i i think you're going to have uh, another gentleman on a little bit later that uh, uh can tell you more about what he recommends there but that would be another simple little one that i like to do um but probably the, the biggest thing that i can recommend and, and why uh, a guy should do this and, and if if, if a, a musky fisherman doesn't feel comfortable doing it himself that's why guys like me exist is to help them out um but take that reel apart as completely as possible that doesn't mean all the the little fine parts that are part of the base plate and whatever but get it apart and open it up and get the the water the moisture out of there that is built up because that that line has been bringing in uh water all year long and all summer long and all fall long and it actually deposits that moisture inside the reel and now, if you don't open it up and dry it out, get uh, new lube in there, 
to replace whatever moisture is in the bearings and the and stuff like that. Uh, there's great potential for uh, uh, rust to occur. I see it probably most often in your anti-reverse bearings, also called the roller clutch bearing. I see it on some other parts. And then the other thing that can happen, like uh, your drag washers, especially carbon text washers, can get soft if they're uh, compressed and with compressed with, with moisture in there. So to keep those as, as fresh and working well as possible, uh, get the real part, get the, get the drag washers apart from each other, get everything dried, and, and get uh, some good lube in there to replace some moisture in the system. And then you don't have to worry about rust and stuff for the next year. And so that's, that's really a biggie. And then, um, you know, one of the other things that really happens in the fall when guys are fishing late, uh, you get a lot of ice forming on the line, on the rod guides. Uh, and that gets deposited on the reel. The reel freezes up. And the biggest culprit I see there is that uh, when you get ice forming in, like, the worm shaft, for example, and you've got the line guide pole that goes back and forth within the, the grooves of the worm shaft, uh, you get ice build up in there, and it starts sticking, and it starts stacking line on one side of the spool or the other. And guys often just kind of force their way through that well what happens is you're gonna you're gonna wear down the pawl and that's a fairly easy and fairly inexpensive thing to replace but you could potentially damage the worm shaft itself and then more importantly what happens is when you get when you get things freezing up and sticking on you and you try to force it through uh, often what happens is you wind up breaking the the, the plastic idler gears that are working conjunction with uh, the drive shaft and turning the spool and turning the worm shaft uh, and making the line guide go back and forth. So, and people say, "Well, just these companies shouldn't make uh, these reels with plastic idle gears." Well, the fact is, almost every single one of them are made that way. There's not a lot of weight or a lot of uh, uh, force on those parts and they can certainly make uh, the reel more affordable by using that. And really the only danger comes is when you wind up forcing it because you're stuck or, or it's frozen up. So keep those things in mind and uh, that reel, the parts will last a lot longer as well. So You know, the crazy part, Keith, is, you know, one of the times of the season that I always think about is in the fall when the cottonwoods are really throwing out all that, that, seed into the water or whatever and i know you like to see that in my reels when uh, there's a whole pile of cottonwood inside there so what are some good solutions for keeping those reels thawed out during the uh the cold fall when you're out there casting you know that's one of the things that's one of the reasons why i would start trolling normally in the fall because of the the ice buildup on your reels you get any good solutions for that keith you know i i i don't know that i really do and, and i feel almost like uh Dick Pearson here a little bit, and the fact that I once asked him about fall fishing on Lake of the Woods, and he says, I have no idea. He says, I, I could guess, but I quit fishing in August. I'm hunting from September on. And so uh, that's kind of my situation. I no longer, and only did it a little bit back several years, but I don't really fish in those conditions, you know, but I think 
I think a guy could get pretty creative. And gosh, if you had a, uh, let's say you had a buddy heater on board with you, uh, you could call him out that way on a regular basis. Uh, I know one guy that took and uh, he would lay one of those little, uh, you know, chemical uh, hand warmer pouches, shake it up and get it warm and lay that on there when they're going maybe from spot to spot or whatever and, and uh, kind of warm it up that way. And this is another thing you might ask John. There used to be, and I haven't seen much of it lately, but kind of some line uh, treatments uh, that you could treat the line with to help repel that water so you're not bringing as much into the reel as you normally would. Uh, and some lines, obviously, in my opinion, are made better than others and don't pick up as much water, but all of them seem to, um, especially after the kind of the coating wears off, then the... Uh, the kind of the bare line picks up even more water, if you will. I've had good luck with Vicious Fishing Line. It has a has a line that coating really lasts quite a bit longer, and that seems to keep it from picking up as much water as well. So um, I don't have any great ideas there, but all I know is when, when it does, when you do get ice buildup, don't force it. Try and get it thawed out. Try and get it cleaned out. I wonder, one thing I've never tried but i just thought of this the other day is if a guy took a you know those uh compressed air cans that you spray out your let's say your keyboard with on your computer if you took and uh tried to spray out some of the stuff uh with something like that with the you know the, the pointed plastic uh spray nozzle that comes on there that might actually be something a guy could try but just when they do do encounter it just don't force it and get her thought out or cleaned out and, and uh That'll help prevent some of the problems that a guy encounters. Because what happens when you do that, it, it, it just, uh, once those idle gears break on you, or even if they don't break completely, if the teeth get worn off or ground down, most guys usually don't have those parts on hand and and usually can't kind of fix them on the spot. And you can replace a line guide pole relatively easily. Uh, on the spot if you carry a couple with you you can do it right in the boat but a worm shaft is much harder to do uh, in, in a short period of time and in the boat it's a little finer operation and then the idle gears even more so so uh, just don't force it and, and I think you'll you'll be a lot better off. Yeah one of the solutions I guess I always used Keith is multiple rod and reel combos in the boat but secondly um I would just throw the rod right in the water and and use the water to actually melt the ice that's on it. I know that's probably not the best, but you know, getting, I mean, I think we kind of went off course a little bit with uh, the late fall fishing. I'm, I'm wondering, you know, there's a couple things that you've mentioned that people can do on their own. And if they're not comfortable doing it on their own, how do they get a hold of you, Keith? Or, you know, that's the the main thing there if uh somebody isn't really feeling real comfortable taking apart their reel doing that cleaning service maybe it's just a cleaning service and it's not just a repair you you provide both correct keith that is correct in fact i would say that all probably 75 percent of the reels i work on just need a good cleaning and then a and, a, and then a good uh re-lubrication oftentimes uh there's parts that are worn but that would still work but that i recommend replacing and then occasionally, you know, the other 25% of the time, the reels I get, there's a definite problem. Something's clunking, something's grinding, something's uh, handles not turning, those kind of things. And it's usually the result of a, a part that's broken or worn down too far. 
uh, that it just won't allow the reel to operate the way it should. So the, the thing there is you can get a hold of me in any number of ways, and, and I plan to uh, kind of post my little ad, if you will, on uh, Facebook on a regular basis. Although I, I was hacked on my account last week, so I had to set a new password. Then the next time I went to, to log in, like, I don't know, a few days later, a week later, they asked for my password again, and it wasn't working. So I thought, what the heck? So I, I put in another new password, thinking I'd just, you know, get a new password. Well, they asked me a bunch of questions. The next thing I, I know, they made me make a whole new account, and so now I've lost, you know, half of my friends and, and stuff. But I'm, I'm trying to figure that out right now. But uh, you've been kind enough, Brad, you and Carrie, to, to post uh, uh, for me now and then on uh, on your site, on uh, Facebook and Instagram, and I sure appreciate that. And now I'm getting actually a, a pretty good word of mouth going. You know, occasionally a guy will ask, who do you recommend uh, for real repair in this area, that area? And I've got uh, just enough uh, folks that I've done some work for that were uh, uh, happy with the results that they say, hey, try this guy. He's, he's quick. He's good turnaround. Uh, he's reasonably priced, um, and he does a great job. And so, and then the other thing I do, you know, I had some uh, business cards made up, and whenever I ship a reel back or reels back to a guy, I'll, uh, I'll include a, a few cards and ask that they uh, give them to friends that uh, fish a lot and might need some service down the road. You can email me at kedberg, K-E-D-B-E-R-G, zero, at gmail.com. Or you can text or call me on my cell at 612-860-8801. Or you can uh, message me on uh, Facebook. And or you can just, uh, like I said, ask uh, for some recommendations. And and I'm guessing uh, most of the time somebody will, will chime in and say, hey, try Keith Edward. He, uh, he seems to do a pretty good job. So, And right now, well in a short time here in a couple of weeks I'll be done well mostly done hunting there hopefully get to do some late season hunting but I'll be able to spend the next oh gosh several months uh in all my off time just working on reels I don't uh I don't do much for for winter activities I cut a little wood but I don't ice fish and I don't ski and I don't skate and stuff like that so uh, I spend all my weekends and most of my weeknights uh, working on reels. And, and if I can encourage guys to take advantage of that off season and send them to me early when you don't need them back right away, oftentimes then we can also take advantage of meeting at shows or meeting at Thorn Brothers sale or those kind of things and save yourself some some shipping costs as well. So uh, get them to me early when you don't need them back right away. And I'll, I'll have them back to you in plenty of time, but it'll give me time to uh, open them up, go through them, see what they might need. Uh, I'm going to say nine times out of ten, I've got the parts on hand. I stock thousands of parts, a lot of them for Shimano, quite a few for uh, Abu, uh, quite a few for Daiwa. But there's always the eyeball here and there that uh, that I just don't have. Let's say some a part that normally doesn't break on you. And, and I've had a few of those where I'll say, gosh, I've never seen one of these break. <laughs> and, and here you go, and I need one, so I, I've got to order it. So the good thing about having a lot of Shimano parts on hand 
is there in California. It takes uh, usually five to six days for them to get them to me. But again, I keep quite a few of them on hand. And even like we talked about this the last time, the, the Calcutta TE, you know, that was discontinued quite a few years ago. And now they've discontinued almost all parts that aren't shared by another reel that's, that's still current. Uh, but I've got almost all of those parts. Some lefty stuff I don't have. And there's a few places you can still find them here and there, but uh, the nice thing about having them on hand is I don't need to charge you for special shipping parts to me or anything like that. And you can get them back right away. But that's why I take advantage of, of the off-season and the winter here and send them to me. And and um, I, can, I can wait a bit and and do several reels, get them open, and see if I don't need other parts. And heck, I, I might if I wind up ordering ten, fifteen parts for five, six, eight guys for their reels. Uh, heck, I won't even charge them anything for for part shipping because it comes out to so little per per part. So just a few things there you can keep in mind. And but I, I uh, during the season, thanks to you again, Brad, I got a lot more business during the season, which. It's difficult because I'm trying to do some fishing myself, but unfortunately, the guy still has to work. So I'm at work usually, you know, four days out of the week, four nights out of the week. I can do reels, and then Friday night I'm heading north and fishing for the weekend, and and so it's tough to do them then. But um, so I'm st- I'm still able to, to turn things around pretty pretty darn quickly. In fact, I I had a few guys uh, this summer that sent me reels and I got them when I got home from work that day or in the mailbox or at my door and I sat down and did them that night and got them in the mail the next day and they had them back you know like let's say two three four days after they sent them and they're just amazed like what did did, did this get refused and returned to me or what and uh, here they get a, a real back uh, perfect working order, and they're just amazed at the turnaround. So I can't promise that all the time. I do my best, but uh, it seems to be working out, and I'm, I'm getting busier all the time. And the other thing I do is if if they ever have a problem with with a reel with the same or similar situation that I thought I fixed, you just get her back to me and I'll take care of it. No charge. I, uh, I stand behind my work really well. The one thing that I would also mention at this time that is a difficult one for me to be able to tell because I'm sitting here in my office and my office is an easy chair in front of the TV with my parts box sprayed out in front of me and a, a little desktop that I work on. But I, I I'm, I'm, my house is back in the woods, and, and I don't even have a long enough stretch of driveway where I could cast a reel to, to test it out. I certainly don't have any water to, to put a load on it, you know, like with a high-resistance uh, 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 bait. So the one thing, it, most everything else I can tell if it's working, but the one thing you can't hardly ever tell is an anti-reverse bearing, the roller clutch bearing. I've had them where the thing is is failed and yet if you put the the roller clutch tube in there you can't turn it backwards it's catching well it's catching because you're putting just a barely a little load on it with your fingers trying to turn it but when you're out fishing with it and you're ripping bulldogs or something and the handle will go backwards that's the first sign that uh that's the obvious sign that you're 
and a reverse bearing is, is is shot. It's not working. When that real handle goes backwards on you, like when you go to rip or something like that, that bearing is shot. But I wouldn't know that. It could look brand new. It could look super clean. And it, and and when I test it with the tube, it'll work. But under load, it won't work. So if you have any issue like that, please let me know in advance. Like when you send the reel in and you put a note in there for each reel, you know, this one just needs a clean and lube. This one is uh, making some grinding noises. I have no idea. This one, the reel handle is going backwards. The, the anti-reverse is slipping. Please tell me that, and then I'll know that the bearing is shot that needs to be replaced. Otherwise, everything else I can easily figure out on my own. So just something to keep in mind there. Well, I got a, a, a one last question for you, Keith. And, you know, there's maybe some people out there that are interested in your services, but would you be able to share what it normally would cost? Um, you know, sometimes it's an uncomfortable place to to be is call somebody and say, hey, you know, what's it going to cost to fix my reel, blah, blah, blah. And I know parts and things like that maybe be additional or whatever, but what's a normal uh, reel cleaning cost? Put it that way. You bet. Not a problem. I typically charge $25. I can think of maybe one off the top of my head, maybe two where I ever charged more than that. And that was for a reel that uh, needed a complete teardown, several new parts, and I had to get a little creative with it. To be honest with you, I, I think I spent three and a half hours on it, and I, I, I maybe charged a guy 35 bucks. So I, I'm not making any money on an hourly basis, I'll guarantee you that. But I typically charge $25 for clean and lube, and that includes, you know, having to replace any parts. I don't charge for the replacement. I just charge for the part. And the beauty of it is I uh, parts dealer for all the three majors, Daiwa, Alu, and, and Shimano. So I get a little bit of a discount, uh, and I pass that savings on to customers. Pretty much figure on 25 bucks. Uh, plus the cost of any parts, plus the cost of return shipping, which in most cases, uh, I'm in Minnesota here, so it's going to vary from, uh, you know, let's say 780 or something like that uh, for one reel to maybe uh, 10, 12 bucks for three reels out to West Virginia, let's say. Well, that sounds good. I got a pile of them. I'll have to get over to you. I had a Tranks 400 at the end of the season that was starting to fall apart on me. I don't know what I did. I think I lost a screw, and <laughs> next thing I know, like half of it's falling apart. So I'll have to get a few yep, out to you sometime. If it, if you yeah, know me, you know, I'll like, probably end up sending them to you in late April and want them back by early May. <laughs> well, I tell you what, Jeff, I'll make you a deal here. Now, I assume you'll still be coming to the – Minnesota Expo, which is you know moved back up into early March. Uh, if you can just get them to me by mid February, I'll bring them to the show for you, uh, all done and everything. But I did. If you've got a a minute, I would like to talk about one specific reel that you mentioned, the Tranks 400. Uh, love that reel. Uh, have one myself. Use it uh, as my main reel. A lot of guys, very popular reel, and guys seem to like them. The early version, the first year, I believe, what they did was they, uh, they, they mismolded, if you will, the plastic, uh, line guide itself, the, the plastic piece, um, that rides back and forth on the worm shaft, 
uh, via the, the line guide paw. They molded the top of it unevenly where the cap screws on and holds the paw in. And there's uh, always a little, uh, just a little washer, a little spacer in there. Well, when, when they molded that unevenly, even with spacer in there, the cap, when screwed down tight, wasn't putting the correct pressure on that paw and keeping it engaged in the worm shaft. So paw would ride out of there, uh, and then it would get worn unevenly, and then the next thing you know, the line is stacking up on one side of the spool or the other. They fix that, and you can tell, and all, all the reels you've bought since, uh, uh, sometime since mid-2018 uh, and on, the uh, they remolded the line guide, so that's fixed, so it won't cause a problem in the beginning. And then they put a new uh, worm shaft in there, uh, and it's kind of, it's a, a harder material. It won't uh, it won't uh, nick up and gouge as easily, um, and it's a kind of a shiny chrome color, whereas the previous one and the early versions that had the bad line guide, uh, and not all of them were bad, just a few. But the old ones had a kind of a black or bluish looking line guide, so you can tell whether yours is an older one. But even if you got the black, uh, black, blue type uh, uh, worm shaft, if you've never had a problem, that means your line guide was good and you're good to go. But even even with the older ones, I stock uh, several of the worm shafts. I can I can place that out, and I think uh, I think that part costs maybe six ninety nine. So it's a relatively inexpensive fix. But oftentimes all you got to do is file the top of that line guide, that plastic piece, file that evenly so that when you put the spacer in there and then put the cap on, you're putting an even pressure on the line guide, Paul. So if the worm shaft is still good, all I got to do is, is sand that, that line guide and replace the paw because that's probably worn. And that's a $2.50 part, and you're good to go. So but I love the Tranks 400. I uh, just thought I'd uh, let guys know about that because I, I, I've done quite a few of them, upgraded them to the new worm shaft and everything where where a guy did have a problem. But uh, don't let the the early ones uh, turn you sour on that reel. They've got it fixed now, and, and it's a good reel. Excellent. Well, we really appreciate that information, especially for me because I, I, yeah. I think all of mine are probably early models. So when I said, I'll probably actually just send them all to you. I think I have three or four of them. I'll probably just have you check them all over. Like I said, I think I was having a few issues at the end of the last season. I know one of them had the whole side fall off. I, I don't know what the heck happened. Oh, you know what that is, is, uh, there's a little, uh, just a little quick lever on the side plate that it's, it's so small that it's hard for you to bump it accidentally. Even me with my big, fingers and stuff but if you bump that to the open position yeah the side plate could could twist off pretty easily i've seen that happen once on a guy's reel but um the other thought i had jeff was just specifically for your reels i know you and brad are together in a lot of the shows if you want to do and i i know it takes a little bit of planning and stuff but if you want to do uh you know put them together in a box and, and mark them put my name on them and then just let's say give it to Brad at the at the Chicago show. I often get up there and visit Brad and Carrie uh, at their place up there at uh, Parker's Prairie. And you know February and March, I'll grab them from then and uh, get them done and, and get them back to you. Say at the uh, at the Minnesota show or something like that. That'll work out fine. I'll see him at a few shows this year, right, Brad? 
I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) We're not Uh, we're not talking about that yet, are we? Well, you know what's funny is I I love the shows and the aspect that I get to see a ton of cool people, but at the same token, it's a lot of hassle. It's a busy time of the year for us, as it is for you, Jeff. You know, doing the travel thing and setting up and tearing down and driving around. It takes a lot of time away from uh, the normal business schedule. So I don't know. As you know, we work a ton of hours during that time of the year. So it's just, uh, it's hard to uh, get excited about that time of the year. But but I am truly <laughs> excited to see our customers. I mean, we've got a great customer base. And and that's the fun part of the shows. I'll second that, Brad. Whenever I uh, see you at the shows, uh, you've always got a handful of guys constantly uh, but you're so good about talking to them and listening to their stories and and uh stuff like that i gotta tell you a brief story so last year i had uh, uh carrie's brother kevin make me uh two of the same color uh custom showgirl double showgirl and uh i had it in mind for lake of the woods so i brought him up and i brought a friend of mine that had musky fished once before in his life and he caught like a 36 incher i brought him up there and it was a short trip uh i think we had four days or maybe three full days and and uh, a morning uh before we had to get back and he tied on and, and at first i i had him throwing a top water just to get used to the, the rod and reel again and he got that down pretty good. So then um, I had him throw out a bucktail, uh, that custom showgirl. And I swear to God, he never took it off the rest of the trip except when we had to cut hooks, I think, three different times because they were eating it so well. And thankfully, I had the other one ready to go. And then, you know, when we get some downtime or at night, I'd, uh, I'd change out the hooks. So then I'd have a backup ready to go for him. But... The first morning uh, on Lake of the Woods, the first time he'd fished in, gosh, 15 years, he got a 50-incher. And I got I to tell you, Bruce was pretty darn cool about the whole work. So, you know, I, I explained him how to figure eight and everything, and, and you don't want to handcuff yourself and all this and, and, you know, hang it on the outside and then take it away from the fish going down and away on the straightaway so he can't eat it in the straightaway and nip at it and then hang it again so that he kind of cuts across and t-bones it and um, of course he didn't do any of that right but the first morning we're on uh, one of my good spots and, and he goes well here comes one real calm too he goes it's a big one <laughs> and he goes into the figure eight and sure as hell he, he he handcuffs himself still manages to hook it perfectly and i net him net it for and uh, he was just a shade over 50 inches and five minutes later I caught like a 47 the window was open anyways he ended that trip uh, in three and a half days with seven fish between 43 and 50 he had a 49 and a 46 and and then on the last morning we didn't catch any muskies but he caught his personal best pike a uh, 43 incher all on that same custom color uh, double show grill. So just uh, that's the kind of thing that uh, you guys offer at the shows and, and something that I, for one, really appreciate when Kevin ties them up, especially you can kind of just concoct whatever you want. Really worked out for Bruce, that's for sure. Sounds like I need to find out what color that is, Brad, and start selling it. I'll show it to you. I'll bring it to you. Yeah, it looks like a winner. Sounds like I'm a gonna winner. Have you make, 
I'm going to have you make a few more. Well, Keith, I appreciate you taking some time out tonight to talk to us about some real repair. Hopefully, guys, uh, if you have any questions or you need your soft service, check out Keith's his contact information. I'll put in the show notes also. So, Keith, thanks again for coming out, and we will probably catch you at a show this this winter. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. You too. Thank you. Take care, Keith. Yep. See you, Brad. All right, everybody. Now we got our second guest of the night. We're going to talk to John Betty with Stealth Tackle. John uh, has been on the podcast a few times before, and we're looking this time to get a little bit of, if you're out fishing yet, we're going to talk fall leaders, and we're going to try to get you some winter tips for things that you could do to get yourself ready for next season if you're done fishing already. Do it now rather than put it off until later. I think we're going to try to bring John on quarterly. Isn't that what we kind of talked about, Brad, John, for next season? We'll give yeah, you, for sure. Yeah, we'll get a lowdown then on, you know, different baits and different tactics and different, uh, or different, we're going to match the baits with a leader because everybody, or, you know, there's certain baits that are leader sensitive. So we're going to try to give you the lowdown on that so you guys are using the proper the proper equipment to get maximize the action of your baits. So, John, thanks again for coming out. We really appreciate it. Sure. Why don't, we, uh, why don't we go through a little bit of fall leader choices. If you're out chasing muskies still, and I know you are, because yep. you've been crying to me all weekend about this this squirkle that got hit and the tail got ripped off, and now you want the manufacturer to stand by the bait. I told you to contact somebody else because I sold that company a couple days ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it was only a squirkle that I that I bought. Probably, I don't know. I think it was back when Keith Eldrup was making them. So I just can't understand how this could happen. You know, it's got to be what 15, 16 years, maybe longer. Right. Yeah. What kind? Of, what kind of quality control do you have over there? Not very good. It's <laughs> not good at all. Yeah, but uh, no, we. Uh, you know, this time of year, if guys are out uh, casting, you know, there's a lot of a lot of time probably left unless things really go south. But I'd say Claire doing a lot of casting with the the big rubber. It's always a good thing this time of year if you're using those bigger baits to start thinking about upsizing your leaders to the heavier. If you're a fan of fluorocarbon, you know, don't be afraid to go, you know, 150, 180, even 200-pound test uh, because those those fish like to, to headshot those baits, those bigger profile baits. They kind of like to headshot them. So you want to make sure you got a nice heavy leader on there. And then if you're if you're if you're a fan of wire, you don't like fluorocarbon. There's uh, you know you got the 175 pound multi strand wire, which is really tough stuff. Works good with the rubber baits. It's a flexible wire leader. Or uh, if you're using the uh, solid wire, you want to go up to like a uh, 240 or a 325 pound super heavy uh, wire that won't kink on you when those fish hit those uh, baits on the front end. So I got a question for you, John. Um, yep. What do you prefer? I mean, what what is your leader of choice when you're throwing big rubber like you're talking? I pretty much will use the the 180 pound fluorocarbon with the rubber. Um, I've been a big fan of the fluorocarbon. Uh, most of the times I go to wire uh, is if I got a leader sensitive bait or you know maybe a jerk bait where I want that stiff wire stiff wire to help the action on it a little bit but with the big rubber i've had really good success with uh using like a, a 180 pound fluorocarbon leader 
but I have, I've, I've had them headshot those leaders and I haven't had any, I haven't had anything, you know, bite me off with fluorocarbon ever. I mean, I've gotten it nicked up pretty good where I've had to change it out, which is always good after every fish to make sure you inspect your leader, whether it's steel or fluorocarbon, you want to do that, you know, stranded wire can get, you know, you could pop a, a strand on a stranded wire leader that's going to weaken it. And if you kink a, a wire leader too many times, you know, every time you kink wire, you you uh, are essentially weakening the, the metal. So you don't want to keep bending it back. Every time you bend it back in place, you're going to lose a little bit of strength in that area of the leader. So, but I'm, I'm pretty much stick to the fluorocarbon with the big stuff. Right. I've, I've always been a solid strand, but I mean, there's times when I use coral carbon as well. So, yeah, there's nothing that I mean, the solid strand is fine. You know, like I said, I use it a lot. If I'm using big jerk baits like Suix and stuff like that, I'll use a solid, a heavy solid wire, you know, and it works. It gets the job done. You know, I've just always, it seems like I always find myself on clearer water late the year. And so I like the invisibility that the floral carbon gives me. Makes sense. So, John, I know some of the guys that you fish with, and some of them prefer to use solid wire rings or solid, or the solid ring on there, and then you just put a split ring on your bait. Do you use that, or are yep. you still just using uh, a fast-hatch snap? I use the Stalock snaps. But the the fast-hatch is the one that, that clips on and clips off where you don't have to open and close anything on it. Some people love those. Some people hate them. I prefer the Stalocks, and I just change them out often. If you're changing your stay locks out regularly, you probably aren't going to have an issue with it. Uh, a lot of guys like to do that connection where you go solid rig to split rig, which is probably the most secure way there is out there. Uh, the only drawback to it is if you like to change your baits a lot, every time you go to change a bait, you got to use a pair of split rig pliers to take the bait on and off, which isn't a big, you get used to it after a while. But uh, if, if you keep changing those stay locks out religiously, though, you won't have much of a problem with them. Yeah, you know, the guys that are doing that ring to uh, to the bait, I, I've i had problems with that where I've had the uh, the ring actually walk right off. So, off the I mean, room, yep. mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, there's pluses and minuses. You got to make right. sure your springs are good that way, too. So, right, right, exactly. Something to think so. about, anyway. Yeah. Yep, it's just a difference. Some people swear by it, other people hate doing it because you know, if you if if you're a guy who likes to change a lot of baits during the day, you're probably not gonna be a big fan of using the solid ring because you're constantly uh needing to make sure you know where your split ring pliers are and if they're like me, you know, I left them at the back end of the boat when I'm in the front, and vice versa. So um if you don't change baits a lot, it's something you could get used to a little bit easier. Makes good sense. So, John, for guys that are still out trolling and they're not throwing big rubber, if they're throwing using some matlocks, headlocks, 10-inch jakes, 14-inch jakes, those kind of baits, what uh, what leader options should they be looking at with those? In the, uh, the headlocks and matlocks, I got a lot of guys. I don't have a lot of experience trolling real late in the year with those. Based on what I sell to people, they like the, the heavy – uh, fluorocarbon, like 200 pound fluorocarbon, 36 inches long. And I think the main reason is they want to protect their investment in those lures. The, uh, I had an experience and I'm actually working on something for the, uh, shows this year 
for trolling those baits. I've talked to Jason Quintano about it, and I've talked to Terry, who uh, guides over in Canada, who runs them a lot. We're working on an attachment for the trolling leader to help. What happens with those headlocks and matlocks is, is that when the fish hit them and they tend to turn them, they could turn those metal lips into the leader. And if you're using the fluorocarbon, they can actually cut that uh, leader material with the metal lip just from it, it rotating around. I had a fish when we were up there in September that I caught on a headlock and it split the leader but after it was in the net already. So we got lucky on that. So hopefully by shows, I got a little attachment out that's going to help with uh, help out with those. The other option is to go wire, um, like a coated wire, 90-pound, seven-strand coated wire leader. And the main reason for the coated wire is so that if the fish rolls up in the leader, you're not harming the fish. You know, the, the wire is not going to cut into the fish as easily. So um, when you're trolling, it's always a good idea to run the uh, coated wire. So and that's pretty basic for the trolling. If you're using, uh, guys are still running, you know, if they're running the smaller baits, 100-pound, 130-pound fluorocarbon um, with just about everything else. So, But with the headlocks and the matlocks, they're definitely, with the metal lift baits, going a little bit heavier on that. 36 versus 48-inch. Where are you there? What What's your thought process there? The 36-inch versus 48, it seems like it's a toss-up personal preference. I prefer going a little bit longer, 48. I'll a lot of times clip a weight, a cannonball weight, on the front of my leader to help catch weeds and debris and stuff. So by having a little bit extra length there, um, it's going to keep that stuff from getting too far back and affecting the way the lure's running. Uh, that's, you know, the one thing guys got to remember with the uh, length is, you know, the longer leader you go, if you're in a, a smaller boat, it's going to be harder to to handle a fish at both sides. You know, you got an eight, nine foot rod and a, four or five six foot leader out you know the longer that leader is it's going to be harder to to uh, get that fish to the net in a smaller boat so popular size leader i sell is the 36 inch fluorocarbon leaders i sell probably probably outsell jeff could probably vouch for that too it probably outsells everything else two to one that's interesting i i i use both but i do prefer the 48 inch when i'm trolling and probably because of um using those cannonballs like what you're talking about if i'm running blades at all and i want additional mm -hmm. weight to that leader i mm -hmm. just like that 48 just so it's just an extra foot further away from the bait right yeah yeah so and you know i tell people it's you know some of these guys will go out on a charter boat over you know on st Clair with these guys where they're running 10 12 foot leaders and they want to go back and try to duplicate that in their 18 foot mm -hmm. boat you're going to run into a lot of problems. So you got to kind of take that into consideration when you're, uh, when you're doing that as to how much room you've got to move around in your boat. So. It's kind of no different than running long snells, you know, later in the summer, if you're a walleye guy out there and <laughs> yeah, it gets tricky, you know, a nine foot snell, um, whether it's a crawler harness or whatever it might be, it, it does, it gets tricky. Netting fish, it starts becoming difficult. So. Right. Definitely yeah, a good I got, thing to consider. I get I get guys all the time 
when I'll go and I'll run in the summer, I run a longer length leader. I'll run like a five or a six foot hundred pound leader. And it happens all the time. I'll, I'll tell guys, you know, when, when, when I start getting close to the boat, I want you to back up all the way back on an 18 foot boat. I want you to be to back up all the way back by the steering wheel in the middle of the boat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, if you're running the GoPro, every time it happens, I see the same thing on the GoPro, you know, I'll tell them back up, back up. Oh, I did. I did. And then you run the tape back and they're not backing up because they want to see the fish. So they're, they're not backing up far enough. And then I'm trying to reach the thing with the net and you know, it's not working out real well. So uh, yeah, if you could if you could get people to back up far enough, then it's an easy easy scenario for them. So, so what you really need to do is get it go solo trolling with an eight foot long leader and a ten foot rod and see how well this is going to get into the boat, huh? Yep, trolling by yourself is pretty fun. Though. I mean, I've had a I've had my hands full. I've gone out by myself with four or five foot leaders and my eight foot rods, and I've lo- I'm not going to tell you I haven't lost a few fish doing that solo. You probably just blame it on the squirkle. Uh, yeah, it's all on the squirkle. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on. Last yep. thing, last thing we got for you is winter tips. Guys that are done for the year, they they hung it up. They're all bow hunting or gun hunting, and now they decided that once they're done with that, they're not going to go ice fishing. They're looking to get ready for next season. What do you got for those types of guys? What's something they should be doing about right now? Well, I could back it up a little bit and say that guys who are still maybe going to make one last run in real cold temperatures like that, you know, low thirties where it's, where it's really cold and you want to keep your, do everything you can to keep your hands dry. One thing you can do instead of respooling your line, your braid, if you're using braid on your casting reels is to respool with new line before that last trip or two. And what that's going to help you with is going to help keep your hands a little drier because most all lines, I don't care what brand you use, they've all got that kind of coating on it when it's brand new that eventually kind of, you notice it kind of wears off. Well, what that coating does is it it helps repel water. So it's going to help your eyelets stay a little bit clearer, a little bit longer and it's going to help keep your hands just a little bit drier. So instead of spooling up for spring when, you know, you're not really concerned about keeping your hands as dry when, when most of the musky seasons are opening up, um, you know, try doing it before that final run in the fall and uh, might help extend your day a little bit more. I think that's a great tip, yeah. John. And I, here, here's another tip that's not really related to terminal tackle, but something that I, I thought about here a couple podcasts ago. One little trick that I've been doing for years in this cold, late trolling weather, soccer weather, whatever you guys are doing out there. If you go to Walmart, Fleet Farm, whatever it might be, you can buy yourself the heated massage pads that would go in your vehicle. Like you'd, you'd buy it, put it in your car, your truck, whatever. They mm-hmm. plug right into your cigarette lighter you've basically got heated seats in your boat. Ooh, I just thought nice. I'd throw that in there. It's kind of off topic, but, but it I is like a that. really sweet <laughs> way to be able to stay out in the water. It keeps your core warm, um, super comfortable. It, it, they work awesome. Yeah, that, I like that idea. I would have to try that. So, yeah, that's cheaper than getting a top made for my boat. 
I like that idea. <laughs> the only thing that's bad about it is if you get up to get a fish or you get up to do something in the boat, you soon realize how cold it really is out. <laughs> you walk away from that heat and you're like, whoa, it is cold. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, but then actually, so getting into winter when you're done and everything, uh, one of the things that, you know, people tend to neglect is their terminal tackle you know you're done with the season you're putting everything away and you know the first thing on your mind is what new baits you're going to get for the arsenal for next year and all of that you know that's a real good time before you start putting all that stuff away take all your leaders out swap the snaps out put new snaps on them check the leaders make sure they're still going to be good for the next year make sure they're not nicked up or you're using stranded wire make sure none of the strands are popped and and solid wire make sure it's not kinked up and you know get that stuff all ready to go then that's one less thing you gotta you know if you take take a half hour to to do that and put the stuff away now that's one less thing you got to worry about for the for the spring next year awesome awesome i think it's good stuff well john we appreciate you uh taking some time tonight to come out and talk to us if people are looking to get more information on stealth tackle and all the products that you have to offer what's the best way to go about that uh, you can contact me through by emailing me through my website, stealthtackle.net. Also, uh, if you need to call me on the phone, my phone number's on there. All my contact info's right on the website. And I heard you're going to start a YouTube channel so they could find you there, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe when I retire from my other career. Fine. I was just trying to push you over the fence. Nah, you know, nice try, but I think I'll just, I think I'll just stick to guest appearances. I like that better. I un- I understand. <laughs> I've been slacking off on my own YouTube channel lately. I should probably edit one again one of these days. Yeah. So, Brad, why don't you uh, put an end to this episode? Why don't you talk a little bit about Musky Mayhem Tackle? Is Carrie even there tonight? Yeah, she is. She's being a little quiet. A lot quiet. Uh, hi, Carrie. Hi, John. Real easy. You know, it's Musky Mayhem Tackle, and uh, you can check out our products online. Numerous different uh, retailers carry our stuff, obviously, but you can check us out on muskymayhemtackle.com or as well Instagram and Facebook. So love to hear from you guys. Thanks to all our customers. Check us out. And if you want to get in touch with the podcast, check us out, backlashpodcast at gmail.com. If you want, check us out on Instagram and Facebook. If uh, you guys have any pictures you want us to share on either of those two, either email them or drop us a private message. We can do that for you, too. We're always looking for new content for both those pages. And if you want to check out the company that I'm in charge of, I'm in charge of Team Rhino Outdoors. We're a retailer in the musky world. We have most everybody's stuff that you'd want. If you want to check us out, you can find us at TeamRhinoOutdoors.com. You can also check us out on YouTube. Occasionally, we have new videos. Lately, we've been slacking off few things going on in my life and then you can find us on instagram facebook and occasionally i'll put out a tweet i think that's about it for this episode thanks everybody for coming out tonight i really appreciate it take care